You and I are called to be world-class Christians. Are you a world-class Christian? Do you have a heart for the nations? A special guest will join us today on Until All Have Heard from the Far East Broadcasting Company. I'm Wayne Shepherd, sitting here with Ed Cannon, president of FEBC. Remember that conversation with Philip DeCourcy last weekend? How could I forget? <laughs> I knew you'd say that. Yeah, how could any of us forget? <laughs> it's in the archive if you missed it. Be sure to go back and uh, and listen to podcast number 58, our first conversation with Philip DeCourcy. Originally from Northern Ireland, he pastors Kindred Community Church in Anaheim Hills, California. He's the speaker on the Know the Truth radio program, ktt.org. And Philip, you're a good friend and love the way you love the Lord and the gospel. Thanks for being back with us again. Oh, guys, it's a joy. Thanks for the invitation. Appreciate uh, you, Ian, and your partnership with Know the Truth certainly, Ed, your leadership at FEBC. Um, just as a pastor, you know, that's gold standard. FEBC's been around for a while. I knew about it in the UK, and I know more in the U.S. And you guys have been faithful to the gospel and uh, true to the gospel. And it's just a joy to be uh, with you guys today. Yeah, you guys are neighbors in Southern California. We there. are, yeah. yeah. Hey, I was listening right. uh, to the series you did called Ready, Steady, Grow on the book of Acts, Philip, and you made such wonderful points in one particular message about becoming a world-class uh, Christian, and we want to talk about that here today. Um, you're ready to do that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let's listen to a little bit of the message you gave in this series that I'm talking about from the book of Acts. Here's Philip from his radio program, From the Pulpit of Kindred Community. This is one of three quick conversions in succession. All right? If you're taking notes, write down in Acts 8, we have the conversion of the Ethiopian eunuch, the black man from Africa, the Gentile. In Acts 9, verses 1 to 19, we have the conversion of Saul, the persecutor of the church, where he now becomes the great apostle Paul. And then in chapter 10, we have the conversion of Cornelius, a Roman centurion, a Roman soldier. And you can read about that in Acts 10, verses 1 through 48. Now, here's what's interesting. If you go back to Genesis 10, verse 1, the nations of the world were populated through the sons of Noah, Ham, Shem, and Japheth. So let's think about that and go back to Acts 8, 9, and 10. In chapter 8, we have the conversion of an Ethiopian, a black African, a representative of the racial family of Ham. In chapter 9, we have the conversion of Saul, a Jewish representative of the racial family of Shem, Shemites. In chapter 10, we have the conversion of Cornelius, a Roman centurion, a representative of the racial family of Japheth. All the families of the world are touched and reached in these three chapters these conversions signaling to us that, that Christianity crosses all cultures. Christianity must never be parochial, should never be national. It should never be ethnocentric. And Christianity is not a sect of Judaism. It's a unique, universal entity that came into existence at Pentecost and is universal in its appeal and is made up of Jew and Gentile alike, because in Christ there's neither male nor female, Jew or Gentile, free or barbarian. Beautiful. The gospel is good news for all nations. You can read about that in Acts 2, verse 5, and Acts 10, verse 35. 
I'm really grateful that the gospel is good to all nations, Philip, because that's what we at the Far East Broadcasting Company believe. That's why we're broadcasting today in over 150 languages. We've only got one message. It's just what you're saying about the book of Acts. You know, we can never underestimate the power of a strong faith. Stephen was stoned just before all those episodes that you talked about happened. Apostles were scattered because of the persecution that broke out. But what did they do? Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Then follows all the stories you were just telling us. Ed, I mean, it's true. Um, This is what God has called us to. This is why the church exists. And what we're seeing in Acts 8, 9, and 10 is really a fulfillment of Acts 1, verse 8. You're my witnesses. Mm -hmm. I want you to be a witness in Jerusalem, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Mm -hmm. And the book of Acts, you see these concentric circles of, of influence rippling and spreading out further and further and further. And, and that's, that's our legacy. That's the mantle that has fallen on our shoulders to be world-class Christians. In fact, if you really think about it, guys, there's only two kinds of Christians. If we were to reduce it down to the bare minimum, today I'm either a worldly Christian or I'm a world-class Christian. The worldly Christian is saved but self-centered. They love worship concerts. They love enrichment seminars, but you'll never find them in the evangelism class. You'll never find them at a missions conference because their Christianity is about feathering their own nest rather than flying the coop and Mm -hmm. taking the gospel uh, to Jerusalem, Samaria, and the other parts of the earth. But then there's the world-class Christian. That's what you and I ought to strive for. None of us are doing it perfectly. Got to confess that, but that's what we're striving for. Um, we're saved to serve. We're made for mission. And, and we see that unfolding in the book of Acts. And it's glorious, but it's challenging. We need to be fully alive uh, to God's mission purposes throughout the earth. Um, maybe one story, guys, and you can jump in. I've always been challenged by a story F.D. Meyer tells about A.B. Simpson, um, who started the Christian Alliance movement. He was uh, sharing a conference. He was staying in the same house, and one morning he comes down, finds A.B. Simpson in the drawing room of this particular home with his hands wrapped around a globe of the world weeping. Mm. And, And that's the heart of a man of God. We've got to throw our hands around the world and weep and work for the extension of the kingdom. And, and Ed, as you said, so thankful for FEBC and your attempts along, alongside other organizations to just shine the light of the gospel into the dimmest and darkest corners of the earth. Yeah, and Philip, I wanted to say that sometimes that means we go. But what we're learning at the Far East Broadcasting Company is, yes, of course we need to go if that's what God wants. But we are discovering these believers in these countries are ready and able and more than willing to serve Christ right where they are. They just need a little encouragement from us. That's part of us being a world-class Christian, isn't it? Absolutely. Yes, partnering with uh, believers across the world, either up close and personal or at a distance uh, through media. Um, FEBC and radio and social media through giving and, 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 and taking the wealth in the West uh, to reach 
the poor nations in the East with the gospel. And, you know, we've got to get out of that one column, the worldly Christian, and into that other column, the world-class Christian. And, and guys, I've been thinking about that as you challenged me to just do some reflecting on that. I've just written down a few things. I'll, I'll, I'll start to work through them, and you guys can, can jump in. Number one, just to double down on what you said, Wayne, and what I just said, we can support ministries like FEBC. You know, we don't have to go uh, into the world to reach the world. Uh, we, we thank God we live in a day uh, where the World Wide Web, where radio technology allows us um, to travel fast and travel further. And, and so, you know, giving to your ministry financially, supporting what you're doing across the world is one way our listeners can become world-class Christians. Yes, and giving um, is important, but it's the attitude of giving and not just giving, but then following it up with prayer. And I'm sure you're going to talk about that as well. Absolutely. I mean, number one, you're right. It's interesting to hear Philippians 4, a book about the church in Philippi partnering with Paul and the gospel from the first day. He thanks them for their fellowship in the gospel. And in chapter 4, that fellowship was manifest in their giving. They give more than any other church to Paul. So our people have got to remember, giving isn't just, you know, an isolated event. It's, it's fellowship. It's saying to our brothers and sisters across the world, we love you. And number two, that would have exactly when my number two thing was pick a country and pray for it. Yeah. Um, get, get a copy of Operation World by Patrick Johnson. Mm-hmm. Find out where FEBC is in different countries and pray regularly for them. I remember someone saying that prayer is like an intercontinental ballistic missile. <laughs> you know, it, it, we can shoot our prayers all across the world and, and pray that a sovereign, glorious God will target those nations, those peoples, those villages, those cities. Um, and, and we need to remember the power of prayer. Again, back to giving is fellowship. It's love. It's, 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 it's intimacy. And prayer is powerful. Um, if, if you're listening today and you pray for this ministry, I want to thank you. You may be doing more for FEBC than anyone, because we can do more once we have prayed, but we cannot do more until we have prayed. James said, it's the fervent, righteous prayers of a man or a woman that accomplish much. But yeah. but get Operation World, find out where FEBC is, and pray. You know, Philip, you mentioned that the prayer is like a ballistic missile. And uh, I read in one of John Piper's books, we have this powerful weapon prayer. It's as strong as a ballistic missile. And we use it to pray for our home and our career. And not that those are unimportant things, but we need to use that ballistic missile to fight Satan at the very front line of his ministry. And that is to the people who have yet to hear. You have no idea how much the FEBC staff around the world appreciate uh, the fact that we know that thousands are praying for their ministry around the world. They're praying. You're right. I mean, Ephesians 4, right? spiritual warfare, putting on the armor. He goes down, it itemizes it one by one, and right there are things about verse 18, with all prayer. It's to be put on with prayer. Prayer, prayr is that weapon. And 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 to quote Piper again. Remember, I think it's in his book, uh, "Let the Nations Be Glad." Yes. Um, he says in the West, in the in the in the in the prosperous church, we tend to use prayer 
uh, not as a wartime walkie-talkie, right. where we call in a, an airstrike from heaven and God's supply to his people. We use it as a domestic intercom, asking for another, another pillow right. in the living room. <laughs> and it's, it's just shocking. I mean, Adrian Rogers, I think, said, you know what, we're, we're, the church spends more time praying about keeping saints out of heaven than the, than the church does keeping sinners out of hell. Oh, boy. Wow. That's powerful, isn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> In fact, I think in one time, guys, he said, the average evangelical Protestant prayer meeting is an organ recital, because mm-hmm. all we talk about is people's <laughs> lungs, hearts, and kidneys, <laughs> that God that God will fix them. And, and that certainly don't diminish the hurt. No, we want people, but, but hey, that's not... The, the, the main purpose of prayer. That, that should, let me just repeat that statement. We spend too much time praying that God will keep saints out of heaven and not enough time praying that God yeah, will keep sinners yeah, out of yeah, hell. So, yeah, yeah. let's give, um, let's pray. And, guys, we'll talk about it. You can kind of set me up. I think we also can go in various ways. Explain how, Philip. Yeah, I mean, uh, number one, um, we, we can we can pick a country as I said and pray for it and and prayer will be like the inter- intercontinental missile so we're, mm-hmm. we're 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 getting there I think number two we can go on short term missions trips uh, where that's available in our church or find out maybe where we could travel with with FEBC uh, um, we need to advance missions in our local church get get our churches fired up about missions and and partnering with missionary organizations like yourself and the, the one other thing that kind of uh, struck me was the the idea of traveling evangelistically uh, I've dear, I've, I've dear friends um, in in North Carolina called the O'Neills, and they were actually ministering for Christ in um, Uganda, I think it was. And on the way back, they their plane was delayed in Johannesburg, and they ended up spending two days in Johannesburg where they weren't expecting it. Mm-hmm. But everywhere they went, whether it was the doorman the doorman at the hotel or the waiter in the restaurant or the taxi driver, guys, here's what they said: Are you the reason we're in South Africa? Oh, and eventually yeah. God gave them an opportunity to, to really witness to the manager of a restaurant, mm. to the encouragement of a waitress who had been praying for her boss. That, that story has lived with me and reminds me, because I travel like you do. There's businessmen listening, businesswomen listening. Wherever we travel, we've got to see that as... You know, why am I in South America? Why am I in South Africa? Why am I in South Asia? Mm-hmm. Wherever life takes us, it's, 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 a, it's a, a gospel um, appointment and, and a gospel assignment. And I think we've just, you know, thinking globally and acting globally and missionally is, is another way for us to become world-class Christians. You know, Philip, that's a great point about traveling, and that's a, it's an opportunity if people have that. We're going to give you another alternative. FEBC has the privilege of knowing what it's like to be a Christian in places like India or Indonesia or in the inner parts of rural China. So we offer an option to our listeners. Uh, it's called the Unreached In Focus Prayer Guide. Once a month, we will send out a very detailed explanation about one country. What are the government rules about the gospel? What, what is the presence of the church? What about the translation of the Bible? How many languages there are? 
with some really good pictures that get you a feeling of what that country's like and some testimonies from people who live in those countries. It's an opportunity for you without having to get a passport and an airline ticket to visit the best you possibly can in a virtual environment, a country like Laos or Cambodia. Last mm. month, it was Myanmar. And so we we offer that as an out of the obligation since God has showed us what it's like in these places for the church. We want to share that with the listeners here in America so that, one, you know about those churches, you know how to pray for them. But two, it gives us this deep appreciation that we have to turn on a multitude of radio stations, podcasts, go to great churches, have multiple copies of the Bible so that we can be grateful for those privileges that we have here in the U.S. Love it. Love it. Mm -hmm. Guys, can I squeeze one more thought in? Please do. I think this is an encouraged one, and I think it plays into what you guys are all about, the Far East Broadcast Company. Um, So we've kind of talked about pick a country and pray for it, advance missions through a local church program, travel evangelistically, um, support financially ministries like FEBC. And and what what I've been kind of chewing on is rejoice what God is doing globally. I think... Right now, many of us are being we're fixated, and, and to some degree rightly so, with what's happening in the West. The curtain's coming down, it's getting darker, it's harder to penetrate our culture. And, 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 and I, I fear that we may be experiencing something of God's judicial withdrawal, because the Western nations have enjoyed the gospel, and in many ways we have rejected it. But but the gospel's expanding in the East, and here we are moaning and bemoaning what's going on in the West, and that should break our hearts, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But I think we're missing something. Mm-hmm. I think you guys are seeing it, mm-hmm. that God is expanding the church in the East, mm-hmm. and we need to rejoice there. There's a shift going on in terms the center of Christianity used to be in the East, and went West, and is now coming back to the East. I was reading, actually, Patrick Johnson he spoke at, a, at a, an Anglican conference recently, and he said this, Do you realize that the Anglican Communion in 2050, if at present trends continue, will be 84% African mm. and almost entirely evangelical? Mm. Mm. So you've got liberal, dead, mm. godless Anglicanism in the West, and you've got Christ-centered, Bible-driven, evangelical Anglicanism in the East. And, and I want to I hear more about that. I want to rejoice more in that. And I think you guys are seeing that. Amen? Philip, let me share one line with you that I hear over and over and over from our staff in the most persecuted countries. They tell me, Ed, don't pray that the persecution ends. Pray that the persecution mm. will bring a revival of faith and millions of believers. Isn't that yeah. wonderful? They yeah. understand yeah. that persecution drives people to places that they depend on the gospel, and they look for God's Word, and when they hear it, they come to faith. Amen. Yeah. And look, I'm, not, I'm, I'm still holding out for a movement of God, a revival, reformation, renewal in the Western Amen. Church. Amen, yes. But, but it, it just what I'm reading globally, it just makes FEBC all the more strategic as you beam out the gospel and and, and, and translate the gospel and broadcast the yeah, gospel yeah. out 
you know, uh, all across the world, but that focus on the East, taking the gospel to where it hasn't been, mm-hmm. and it's fresh ground, and it's mm-hmm. fertile ground, and it's, it just is a reminder of how important you guys are and how important it is for us to stand shoulder to shoulder with you. The fields are ripe to harvest. That's uh, Philip DeCourcy, our guest here on Until All Have Heard. Philip, again, is pastor of Kindred Community Church, Anaheim Hills, California. If you don't get his radio broadcast in your local station, listen online at ktt.org or various other ways you can listen as well. But Philip, we love you and appreciate you. And I'm thankful for the time you would spend with us to challenge us to be world-class Christians. It's a joy. It's been a challenge to me, right? I mean, um, what I preach to others, um, the Holy Spirit first preaches to me. So this I understand. has been right. sanctifying, and, and, and just I'm fired up all the more myself. Well, we know you're listening because you're doing a fantastic job. It's great to be a partner with you, Philip, in the International Great Commission. Amen. God bless you, friend. Thank you. You've been listening to Until All Have Heard. With thanks to our producer, Joe Carlson. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Until All Have Heard is a production of the Far East Broadcasting Company, febc.org.